A young girl had a boyfriend. She got pregnant. She was scared. How could she face her parents? What would they say? Can't hide something like that forever. Her parents asked who the father was. They assumed her boyfriend, but baby wasn't his. He loved her so much, he offered to help raise the child with her. They married and found a small place. They had very little money and no insurance. One evening, her water broke. There wasn't time to get help. He delivered the child and lay him in a manger. Welcome all of our guests and visitors today. Some of you have come on this day to honor your mom. Uh, you came out of love for your mom or you came out of fear of your mom, but you came. And I also want to welcome those of you who came today, even though Mother's Day is a difficult day for you. Uh, maybe you're grieving your mom like I am today. Uh, maybe you wanted to be a mom and it never happened. Uh, maybe you just moments ago realized that today is Mother's Day and a cold panic is beginning to set inside of you. And I'm just aware that a lot of emotions can be attached to a day like this one. And whatever you've come feeling today, we're really glad that you are here. All month long in our church, we have been talking about the themes contained in these little short television commercials that have played everywhere over the last year called He Gets Us. The ads are designed to help Americans rethink the biblical Jesus. And you can watch all 17 of these compelling advertisements at hegetsus.com. Hegetsus.com. Max Lucado wrote a little book around these themes called He Gets Us. And that little paperback book uh, is available today uh, for sale for $5. That's an that's a, a underwritten cost. You won't find that price anywhere else but here. $5 available today all the way down the hallway in the media centers where you can pick that up. And if you're a guest or visitor today, we've got a little uh, gift bag for you. And a copy of the book is in that bag along with some other goodies. So if you're brand new, please stop by the Connection Center just out the doors to the right. Um, these television advertisements, He Gets Us, have sparked some really healthy conversations around stereotypes. People in our day often think of Jesus and God and Christianity as distant and disconnected. But the Jesus of the Bible underwent the whole breadth of the human experience. He gets us. Our scripture passage today from Hebrews says that we do not have a high priest who is unable to, uh, to relate, to empathize with, the weakness, with our weaknesses. We do not have a high priest uh, who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. This is really good news, and whether you know it or not, you need a priest. I need a priest. A priest is an intermediary between us and God. And the priests of old in biblical times would advocate to God on behalf of the people. They would pray to God on behalf of the people. They would offer sacrifices to God on behalf of the people. And when the high priest would walk in that dark inner sanctum of the temple, the holy of holies, it was like he was bringing the whole nation in with him to atone for the sins of the people. 
And the thought was that only the holiest of people could play the role of a priest. It couldn't be a regular person. It had to be a holy person. It had to be someone closer to God than the rest of us. And uh, in the Old Testament, uh, the high priest had to be free of all physical defects and deformity. He had to be of the tribe of Levi. In other words, priests are born, not made. And the priests were held to a high, rigorous standard of holy living. If a priest were uh, caught in adultery, he would be killed on the spot. And the priest wore this uh, golden breastplate inscribed with the 12 tribes of Israel. He wore special clothes and even special undergarments. The high priest wore holy underwear. I'm not making this up. It's in the Bible. And when the, when the high priest went into that holy of holies, there were special consecration rites and ritual cleansings that had to be done. Now some of this Old Testament understanding of the high priest is cast a little bit on pastors and clergy today. Uh, you may know that in America there's a very high clergy burnout rate. And I think part of this is because clergy can't stand up under the pressure they feel to be that high holy one on whom many people depend. I heard a pastor say, my congregation expects me to be perfect. And I have felt that pressure at times. But our church, this church, Ward Church, has been very good about uh, allowing me to be myself, a fallible, fallen human being, a fellow pilgrim in the way. And yet still, when people learn that I'm a pastor, sometimes they, they act differently, they begin to talk differently, their language changes, they use the word blessed more frequently. Uh, and sometimes they'll ask me to pray for something, and I can tell they believe that my prayers are somehow more effective than the, the regular person prayers. Happened just uh, the other day, someone is planning an outdoor event, and they're worried about rain, and they said to me this line I've heard people say before, they said to me, put in a good word for me with the man upstairs. <laughs> put in a good word for me with the man upstairs. And I suppose that's what priests do. Priests advocate on behalf of another. Priests put a good word in for somebody else. But when somebody asks me to pray for the weather, I know they're, they're joking, and I would say the same thing. I say, I'm in sales, not management. <laughs> yeah. The high priest of old was holy and separate, and that word holy conveys the notion of separate. The high priest was separate from the people, lived separate from the people, wore separate clothes, held separate rituals. He was holy, but not very relatable. The high priest did not live a normal life or mix with normal people. The high priest was unable to empathize with the human experience. The Bible says that Jesus is our new high priest. Jesus now intercedes for us. Jesus made sacrifice for us. Jesus advocates for us. Jesus is our intermediary between us and God. Jesus represents us. And our new high priest is holy and pure. In fact, this new high priest is perfect. And there's another notable difference with this high priest. This high priest understands. He empathizes. He knows what real life is like because he experienced it firsthand. Let's look at our passage of the day once more from Ephesians 4. 
For we do not have a high priest, talking about Jesus, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. No. We have a high priest who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Jesus is unique. Movie makers have long had a dilemma about how to portray Jesus when making movies about his life. How do you portray someone who is both heavenly and earthy? Someone who is above and near. Someone who is fully God and at the same time fully human. This is a daunting task for any actor brave enough to portray Jesus and for every uh, movie producer brave enough to produce something about his extraordinary life. I think this new series, The Chosen, for the most part, does a pretty good job of portraying Jesus and the early Christian movement. And I've recommended this series to you before. The Chosen takes much of their script from the pages of the Bible, but they also use some artistic liberty in filling in some of the details. But I think they do so in a really responsible way. In the time that remains, on this Mother's Day, I'd like to show you four scenes from the Chosen series, four scenes between Jesus and his mother Mary. I think, honestly, my tradition doesn't pay enough attention to the fact that Mary had a mom and what it must have been like for her to raise the Son of God. So you can see in this series and in the Gospels themselves, this revelation of God as both the high priest, but one who empathizes, of one who is fully God and fully human. And you see the changing relationship between Jesus and his mom as Jesus grows up. So I think this will be a little different for today and hopefully a little fun as we now turn to a Mother's Day film festival. Our first scene comes from The Chosen, Season 1, Episode 5. Let's watch. Why are you alone, woman? My son, he's only 12. He's... <laughs> Kids are alone here. It's Jerusalem. You from here? No. We came for the Passover feast. We thought he was in the caravan. The feast was three days ago. Jesus! Jesus! Mary. <gasps> Ima? everywhere, day and night. We were so scared. I told him. He's okay. Why is everyone so upset? Mary, he was in there. You were supposed to be riding in the caravan with Uncle Abaita. I was supposed to be with my father. Then why weren't you? I was. <sighs> you were in the temple? It was incredible, Mary. You should have seen him. He was teaching when I found him. The rabbis, the scribes, the scholars, they could not believe their ears. They barely let us leave. Didn't you know I must be in my father's house? It is too early for all this. 
not now, when? Just help us get through all of this with you. Please. Maybe we should get going before they make a formal inquiry, hmm? Jesus, please don't do that again, huh? Yes, Abba. May I read? We'll see. Hmm? Come now, we've got a long journey. What are you going to do for your mother for this transgression, huh? I'm going to make him rub your feet. Abba! <laughs> parent here ever lose a child in a public space? I think every parent knows that fear. I have lost our kids more than I care to admit, and certainly more often than my wife knows. <laughs> now, still, it's a very relatable scene, and yet it seems hard to believe that Mary and Joseph lost Jesus, the only begotten Son of God. This is kind of a big deal. Now, Jesus is God incarnate, full of power. He's probably going to be okay on his own, but Mary is panicked. Of course she is. It is every mother's prerogative to worry. And worrying is one of the things that mothers do best. This scene from The Chosen comes pretty much from the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, and I'm so glad the Bible included this scene. You can tell that the relationship between Mary and Jesus is changing. Up to this point, Mary has had to meet all the needs of Jesus. She's had to change his diaper and feed him and take care of him and teach him to walk. But here we get a glimpse of what is to come. The 12-year-old Jesus says to Mary, did you not know that I would be in my father's house? These are not the words of a snotty preteen child. These are the words of the one who would become the great high priest. Things are changing. Mary says it, it, it's too early for all of this. Again, you can hear her mother's heart. She says, look, I, I believe what the angel said to me all those years ago, that my child is the son of the most high. I know he has a special purpose and a special destiny, but not yet. He's only 12 years old. Let me have him a while longer. You can hear the heart of a mother in her words. Now, fast forward. Jesus is an adult. He's gathering disciples to himself, but he's not yet gone public about his identity and purpose. And let's watch the next scene. Just watch out for the frogs this time. <laughs> Oh, sons of Jonah! We were just looking for you. They're dancing to the song of Miriam, and we thought you wouldn't want to miss it. Of course. Let's the three of us show them how it's done, huh? I don't think that's such a good idea. Why? Andrew has four left feet. Four? <laughs> Why four? When he tries to dance, he looks like a donkey walking on hot coals. <laughs> oh, Andrew, do you deny it? I've never seen a donkey walking on hot coals. Actually, that would be a terrible thing to behold. My son. Ah, Andrew, you see, even my own mother will join us in the Song of Miriam. They've run out of wine. But it's only the first day. Yes, and it's all gone. Not a drop left. Why are you telling me this? We can't let the celebration end like this. And Etcher's family humiliated. Boys, uh, 
Go join the others. I'll be right there. Mm. Watch the full episode to see the miracle of Jesus turning water into wine. It's a fantastic uh, portrayal of that biblical miracle. This was the very first miracle of Jesus, and it was his mother Mary who encouraged him, even prodded him to do it. Up to this point, Jesus has revealed his identity and purpose only to a few. And now again, the tables are turning. His whole life, Jesus needed Mary, and now Mary needs Jesus. And Jesus pushes back, Mother, my time has not yet come. And it's Mary who says, if not now, then when? In the previous scene, it was Jesus who said that. And now Mary flips it around. It's another depiction of how the tables are turning and how the relationship between Jesus and his mother is evolving as his identity is more revealed. All right, our next uh, scene is from uh, season two, episode three. Let's watch this. So how did you feel when that happened? When what happened? His birth. Even before that, how did you know? When did you know who he was? I don't know. We're all tired. Do you really want to hear all that? Yes. 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 Oh. Uh, Well. Nothing about it was easy. I can tell you that. It wasn't in my hometown. My mother wasn't there. We had no midwife. I don't know if I'm ready to give all the details. Maybe some other time. But... I do remember this, when Joseph handed him to me. It was like nothing I expected. It was like everything I'd heard about having a baby, but I thought this would be completely different. What do you mean? I had to clean him off. He was covered in... uh, I will be polite. (laughs) He needed to be cleaned. And he was cold. And he was crying. And he needed my help. My help. My teenager from Nazareth. It actually made me think for just one moment, is this really the Son of God? And Joseph later told me he briefly thought the same thing. But we knew he was. 
I don't know what I expected. But he was crying and he needed me. And I wondered how long that would last. He doesn't need me anymore. Not since we taught him how to walk and eat. He hasn't needed me for a long time, I suppose. And after Joseph passed, may he rest in peace. He grew up even quicker. And I wish I could say that made me happy. Of course, as a Jew, I'm excited to see everything he does for our people, and I'm proud of him. But as a mom, it makes me a little sad sometimes. So it's good to be with all of you for a bit. I can find ways to help. I'll take it. It is possible that Mary, the mother of Jesus, traveled with Jesus and the disciples. We don't see uh, much biblical evidence for this. This is one place where the chosen takes some artistic, creative liberties. But I love how in the movie version, Mary says, yeah, you don't want to hear about all this. And they all say, yes, we do. Please, please tell us. They, they want to know everything about him. He's captivated them. They've given their lives already to him. This one who taught with such wisdom and before miracles with such power had a remarkably normal birth. And Mary had a remarkably normal mothering experience. And we see Mary working out in her own mind uh, the divinity and humanity of Jesus. She is pondering all of this in her heart to this day. Now let's look at one more scene. While the disciples and Mary are at the campfire, Jesus is out ministering among the crowds. The line of people who had come to Jesus was enormous, and Jesus told the disciples, you all can go back to camp, but I'm going to stay, and he's healing people, and he's praying with people, and uh, meanwhile at the campfire, uh, a, a, the, the disciples break out into an argument, and we'll pick up our final scene right there. Do you even know what it's like to be Jewish? To suffer for centuries and centuries because of it, but to still commit to it? To protect our heritage even though it never stops being painful? Because the one comfort we have is to know that we're doing it together. That we're all suffering together. But if, if we just wait a little longer, if we hold tight just a little more, we'll have rescue because we're chosen, all of us. And you betrayed that, and you spit on it! I can't forgive it. I'll never forgive it! All right. You said what you needed to say. Sit down, Simon. You sit down first.
The disciples are feuding, and at the center of the argument is Simon the Zealot and Matthew the tax collector. These two disciples represent very different viewpoints about how to deal with the Roman occupiers. They are opposite ends of the political spectrum, and yet they are both followers of Jesus, united in Jesus. I'm sure they had spirited political arguments, but this one's not really about politics, they're arguing over people's pasts. They're arguing over who's worthy. Jesus is exhausted. He's been ministering to people all day long. Throngs have come with their heartaches and their ailments and their heaviness. And Jesus has been for them the miraculous healer and the giver of hope. But it's taken a toll on Jesus. He's exhausted and he's in pain and Mary goes into mama mode and she washes her son once more. Jesus is the hope for the hurting, but right now Jesus is the one who is hurting. And the producers include this this beautiful line from Jesus, what would I do without you, Ima? And Ima's, Ima's Aramaic for, it's a tender word for mother, could maybe even be translated mommy. A tender moment. Jesus gets us. He knows what it is to be exhausted and depleted. He knows what it is to experience the death of a father and the death of a friend. He knows what it is to be misunderstood, maligned, and betrayed. He knows what it is to live in a world that seems at times to be opposed to you. He knows. 
He gets us. And yet, and yet, and yet he is also the great high priest. And he is able to do things that you and I cannot do. He is able. He is perfect. He is powerful. He is wholly other. Jesus intercedes for you. Jesus prays for you from the right hand of God the Father. He, he gave his life for you. No one knows you better and no one loves you more than Jesus, our great high priest. He gets us. He gets all of us. Will you pray with me? Our Father, we celebrate the fact that we have in Jesus a great high priest. He is the only one who can empathize with our weaknesses and yet rise above them. In Jesus, heaven and earth meet together. He is good and he is God. Help us to see him, know him, love him, and be more like him. This we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody agreed and said,